Hello and welcome to Metaphorically Speaking with Delia Delors, the show that explores the impacts of commonly used phrases on our world's diverse cultures and how people's use of them shape our perspective on the societies we live within. How are you all? Are you still debating on whether to take the COVID-19 vaccine or not? It's a very important question that will change not only your life or those you know, but to people worldwide. And I asked this at the beginning of the show as it links somewhat to this week's metaphor. It's not the destination, it's the journey. My guest, Sherri-Ann Dixon, discusses how her journey has taken her all over the world. Listening to her, I thought of another metaphor, even the best made plans often go array, and how the two could be balanced, if at all. Sherri-Ann's choice of metaphor, it's not the destination, it's the journey, to me, is a very reflective one. It tells me that if I plan early, I'm likely to get where I want to be or go faster. Does it mean the same to you? Do you know what a snow clone is? Your first instinct would be to say it has something to do with snow and maybe a destination as you know what our metaphor is and you'd be wrong. So stay with us and find out. It's not the destination, it's the journey. In its exact wording is a phrase that was first found in a Christian periodical from the 20s. Lynn Harold Howe, a Methodist clergyman, penned the original words, though alternative versions can be traced back to other authors. His text read, he wanted his friends to realize that life is a journey and not a destination, that the heart must be set upon those matters of character which are eternal and not upon those matters of sensation which pass away. The phrase has since been used to describe all manners of attributes in life, including success is not a destination, but a journey. Happiness is a journey, not a destination. And even life's a journey, not a destination. I'm sure you're familiar with at least one of these variations. This kind of phrase, which is fairly old, well-known, and in a sense customizable, is called a snow clone. This odd term comes from the overused thought that Inuits have an unusually large number of words for snow. Another popular example of this is to buy or not to buy, read or not to read, text or not to text, to be or not to be. In fact, when Kenneth Branagh was interviewed about the full-length version of his Hamlet, he quickly commented on the audience's perspective. As the film was four hours long, he suggested that the main question on the viewer's mind was whether to pee or not to pee. Moving away from phraseology and back to today's idiom, the expression may make you think of epic stories from the oldest known work of literature, the epic of Gilgamesh, to the more modern Star Wars franchise. We have always reveled in tales of arduous journeys. Here's a snippet from another favorite. Remember what Bilbo used to say? It's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. Epics have been a crucial tool in passing on stories from one generation to the next throughout all of recorded history. Stories provide lessons about how the world works, how we should interact with each other, and other teachings on morality. 
Even though the end point is crucial to stories, it's all the adventures in between that we really remember. This is why it's not the destination, it's the journey is an idiom that really sticks with us. One real-life epic tale that is still being uncovered today is about the plights of Leif Erikson. Erikson was a Norse explorer from Iceland who is attributed to have been the first European who ever set foot in North America. His adventure took place about 500 years before Columbus's tale and can be found in various Norse texts such as the Saga of the Greenlanders, a manuscript containing the histories of Viking colonization. Even to this day, we are uncovering more and more about Ericsson. Our journey with him has not even finished, even though he himself has long perished. After discovering a Viking settlement in Newfoundland, Canada, in the 60s, archaeologists have continued investigating local areas to find more evidence of Norse history with a potential site uncovered in 2016. We looked at the entirety of the coastline of eastern Canada, finding potential hotspots, zooming in, getting aerial photography, getting satellite imagery. We arrived at a couple interesting locations in Newfoundland, and this was one of them. This had really curious shapes. You know, it had an ovoid feature that was seemed to be the same size and shape as a longhouse. It had curious rectilinear features. Um, you know, it had a strong signature in the satellite imagery that just seemed worth investigating. Your spider senses were tingling. Uh, <laughs> that's, one way of, that's one way of putting it. We're still curious about these kinds of expeditions, wanting to know how places were found rather than simply knowing that they were there. Being able to imagine Ericsson's first moments on Vinland or North America is a human desire. The fact that his tale has been recounted in various forms proves this. Even the Vikings understood that a future audience would want to know what happened way back then. But there are two sides to today's idiom. I have largely spoken from the perspective of an audience member or an outsider. However, those actually living an epic tale or something not quite as awe-inspiring are of course striving to reach their destination rather than slowly getting there. Whether it's a long-awaited trip abroad or getting that dream job, we tend to focus more on the outcome rather than the steps in between. If times have been happy or hard, it's always worth reflecting on how you got to where you are. Remembering the lions you slayed along the way can be uplifting as you notice the moments you initially thought was impossible but still managed to overcome. This is especially handy during these times when a lot of us are feeling quite stuck due to external circumstances. So the next time you dwell on not getting that promotion or missing out on a top mark, remember who you are and who you once were and all of the things that got you to the new and current you. The first time I met Sherry, I loved her bubbly personality. I was struck by how open she was to give advice in such a competitive arena and we were talking about fashion and beauty and magazine writing and how clearly she expressed her thoughts. She became my editor and when I took over her role, when she went on to continue her journey, we still kept in touch. Sherry Ann Dixon is a Guyanese award-winning journalist, transformational lecturer and keynote speaker who is passionate about empowering people to be confident, assertive, and to be the best they can be. 
And if you look on her Facebook page, you will see so much evidence of that. And all the people she's met over the years are there talking about what she said many, many years ago that helped them. And many of those people have really achieved things. And I have to say, I'm still waiting for that special title for Sherry, the OBE, the MBE, whichever the right one is, she's going to get it. You mark my words. She is highly respected in the ethnic community in Britain, and she has interviewed people like Dr. Maya Angelou, Nelson Mandela, Pam Greer, John Holt, Alice Walker. I could go on and on. Sherry, as a friend and mentor, when uh, we were thinking about the metaphor, I thought of you straight away. So the metaphor is, it's not the destination it's the journey. Do you know why you think I would have thought of you? The fact that we are, we have been traveling, working together, doing things together, and, and, and working together whilst we've been traveling around the world. We both travel and, and do the kind of work that we like. And so I think that would be the reason that you, you asked me. Yeah, and I think the most important thing of that is that in your travels, I followed you continually growing with people around the world, but your persona hasn't changed at all. You know, some people, as they grow, they change, but yours, you seem to be like fine wine. You just seem to be growing and maturing really well. So, yeah, I, I had to think of you. understanding the feeling of what you're doing. I think when you get to my stage, you'll be younger than me, so I'd say my stage, you decide, you have to decide what makes you happy. And for me, I say, I do the things that make me happy. I'm not doing things that I don't like anymore. I think we've gone through that stage, put up with a lot of people and rubbish throughout our lives, in the thirst for, for, for for us growing, in the thirst for us being um, good at what we do. But now I can say, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that, or I don't agree with you. And I think that that is good for my soul. I, I don't suffer fools gladly. And I, the things that I would have put up with when I was in my 40s and even 50s, because I'm in my 60s now, I certainly wouldn't put up with now. <laughs> now, for the people who don't know you, how would you, and I know this is a very big question, how do you summarize who is Sherry Ann Dixon at work, home, and play? I believe Sherry Ann Dixon is the same person. I never ever did get into the hype of, you know, being somebody different. At home, I'm very jokey. That's the only difference I, I, I go into dialects quite easily. Um, and, and sometimes I bring that into the work that I do. For example, I do a show called Let's Talk with Sherry Ann Dixon. And in the middle of it, I, I've suddenly gone off speaking Guyanese. Well, I, and then I, then I say, well, why not? Why not? Because I am originally from Guyana and I've just regained some of the, you know, the, the, the accent and the rhetoric and the things that they do, you know, speaking with all the hands and business. Um, I 
I think, I, well, I believe that I'm still a whole person. I always believed in helping another person to get up the ladder. You remember my, my, um, girl, what is it? Oh, as you go up the escalator, the lift, if you want to call that, but as you go up in life, take, put your hand back and take somebody else. Send the elevator back down for the next person. And if you're running that race, as you're going to pass the bat, just pass the baton back. Because it's important to do that, to help somebody else. Some might be ungrateful. Some, not might, will be ungrateful. And some will be grateful for what the opportunity you've given them. They might forget to say thank you. But what they might do also is help somebody along the way because they've remembered that somebody like Sharon Ann Dixon did this. And I get so many letters years later saying, um, Sherry, did you know that you um, you did this for me? The makeup artist that I had on my show the other day, she said, you did this for me. It's because of you. And if those two sort of sentences somebody could say along the way, Do you know what I remember the most about, you know, seeing you and meeting you was always that you were so open to sharing ideas, so open in an industry that is so competitive where everyone wants to keep their ideas for fear that other people are going to steal it and so on and so forth. And what it did, it helped me to balance myself in that I have this philosophy now that, you know, you can make you can give five people the same amount of ingredients to make a simple cup of tea and everyone's tea will taste differently. And I think it's down to the element of being confident. And that's one thing that I have to say that you taught me. And that's why you were one of the, the people that I said, I have to speak to Sherry, not only because of the metaphor, but of course we're talking about International Women's Month. And you, for me, you are an international woman. No matter where you are, no matter where you go, your, your principles remain the same and you share, share, share. And that's, of course, is because you are, you are a very, very confident person. And as you said earlier, you like to pass the baton. But I think that a lot of people, they, they won't think of it that way. They just want to keep it all to themselves. And I don't think you get any better doing that. I think actually when you share things like that, you know, you do get better and other people feel more comfortable, more receptive towards you. And I think that's why you have the strength to motivate and inspire people through not just your work, but, you know, your, your, um, your speeches, your lectures. And I'm really glad that you have uh, reached a really happy place. You know, I've seen you over the years um, and I, I, I can see the relaxed, happy uh, face in front of me. Um, for those who...
Mm-hmm. I always believe that if you're good enough, so when you love yourself enough, then you will believe you're good enough to take on any challenge that there is out there. And if you can't get up the ladder fast enough, I always say to people there's not a straight road. Do you remember when I left um, uh, St. Lucia? I called my company Women on the Crossroads. So I do believe you can go sideways. You can even take branches on a tree doesn't go straight up like that. You, sometimes you have to go up a little bit, go around a little bit, down the bend a little bit. But whatever you do, I think that you should believe that you can get to the other side because the journey isn't straight. It never is straight. I found my, I found my myself. I found the thing that I like, and and I don't care if. 20 people have got a show or 20 people are doing what I'm doing. Their name is not Sherry Ann Dixon. Mine is, my name is Sherry Ann Dixon. And, and, and if I want to add on something else, I can say, I'm Sherry Ann Dixon, born in Guyana, South America. Well, if there's another Sherry Ann Dixon that's doing that, well, I don't know. We'll have to put on, um, maybe we'll have to put an MBE or OBE or something like that. Yeah, well, you know, uh, that's... Ex- <laughs> You, you took the words out of my mouth because I was going to save it to the end. But, you know, I'll just say it now because you've just said it. I just believe that when I look at the next uh, New Year's Honours list or whatever, the list, the time, the time, the place, you are going to be there. You have to be there. You know, there is, it's just a matter of time. And I'm sure I'm not the first one who, who's told you that. But let me tell you about my... <laughs> but let me tell you about my producer, Sam. He's asked me to say to you, that in reading about you, you seem like a very influential woman, but he doesn't know your name. He was impressed that you had interviewed people like Nelson Mandela, Barry White, and as he put it, the one and only Whitney Houston. So Sam would like to know, who was your best ever interviewee? And Sam doesn't know that I'm asking this, so he's gonna be very surprised. because each one of them that I've interviewed, uh, I have loved them for a different reason. Like Pam Greer, for example. Pam Greer, um, I, I don't even know if Sam would know that, but Sam, you, you just got to use Google, okay? Oh, she's the queen but, of the exploitation um, films. That's right, yeah. that's right. And I did her um, near long. So if I go back to Pam Greer, Pam Greer, um, you see her acting on TV and you see her looking, but she doesn't, she's not interested in all that. What she talks about is, um, you know, like Ayanna Van Sant's um, Keep the Faith. Yes. She talks about that and she believes in, in um, what you do for others will come back around. What is that one called? I can't remember right now, but she does lots of things that is it's about the mind and understanding um, the journey that we're on is not a one-stop shop. Sometimes mm-hmm. the, the lesson is in taking lots of, is that exactly what we're talking about today, is taking lots of different pit stops as we go along mm-hmm. before you get to the final destination. And then you've got Nia Long who talks about her father saying that he taught her how to save um, because she said if you, you were, earning let's say 1500 a month 
obviously she's earning much more than that, but I'm just using that as an example. He said, try to live on that and everything else that as you go up, try to put it away because you're not always going to be, you know, at the same level all the time. Life is about curves. Why mm-hmm. Angela said, you're powerful. Use your power. And she told me that, and I remember it. Ayanna Van San says, use your power. So they're seeing things in me that perhaps I didn't see at the time. Mm-hmm. And my Angelou, I sat down on the floor, crossed my legs and interviewed her. Um, Nelson Mandela said, um, he said, uh, I asked him, why, how come he's so forgiving and, and full of confidence? And he said, in all the time that I was in that square, and that square was just, like you could just put your feet out you know keep your legs out and and that was how small his cell was and i was there with choice fm and when they blammed the door i cried i cried because i heard the sound that he must have heard every day two three times a day and he said you have to believe in yourself you have to believe that the journey and the things you are doing has is going to benefit not just me, he said, but others around the world. And was he not right? Oh, yes. You know, it's unfortunate that he spent that time, but he said he used that as a lesson to himself and to his fans. And he used to write all the stuff that they believe on rice paper. And they used to sew it into clothes. And when the people went out, they would take these garments apart and then you would see all the... Um, all the whatever they wanted to say was written on those rice papers so he found a way and that's what i'm trying to say to people find a way mm-hmm. find a way go upside down do whatever you want to do and if you fall down while you're down there make your to-do list make do your vision board do anything but just don't lay down there and cry cry in the beginning because everybody has to cry yes. and i do believe in, in letting emotions out but you know right something like nelson did write it on the on the board while you're down there right on the concrete who cares well thank you so much not just for this interview but for being a part of my life you don't have to be with me to be part of it and all my memories of you know working in in, in england and the media and working in st lucia we've had some fun times in st lucia and in england and you know when i get to england it's nice the last time i saw you uh, you know, you shared some wonderful yeah. food with me and uh, a great catch up. So I want to, to thank you. I appreciate everything that you've done uh, during my life that has inspired me to continue to be the person that I am today. So thank you, Sherry Ann. You're welcome. Thank you, Delia, too, for keeping on, keeping on. Because you haven't stopped either. So maybe when I'm in my 80s, I'll be sitting back saying, oh, there's the law, there's the law, there's the law. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, you have, so many, you have so many people to remember that uh, I'd be honoured if I'm still a part of that list that you remember because I know that uh, you, you have blessed so many people and it's been a blessing having you in my life. So thank you, Sherry Ann. I've forgotten how many times I was asked as a child, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I can't even remember what I answered. But I wish I was told instead that whatever I want to be, it doesn't just happen, 
you need to plan to get. What did you want to be when you were a child? An astronaut, a pop star, a seamstress, a dinosaur? The options seemed limitless. But did you think about what you needed to do to achieve those dreams? Of course not. That didn't concern you. Perhaps you knew where you wanted to be and that you were going to get there. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. When I grow up, I will be tall enough to reach the branches that I need to reach to climb the trees you get to climb when you're grown up. It's hard to know exactly what influenced your career voice at such an early age. Maybe it was the same job as the hero of your favorite film or TV show. Maybe your parents or mentors had some input, or perhaps you just fell into it. I never planned to be a journalist. It just seemed to happen. I started writing poems at school and love letters for friends, and I managed to turn it into a profitable business. I remember one letter. I can't remember the whole thing. But the last words were something like, it's not always easy, you know, how feelings flow. But first, you've got to know. And now you know. Oh my gosh, it sounds really corny now. <laughs> well, it was uh, certainly worth the 20p that I, I sold it for. And I bought so many of those chewy drumsticks. I think they were 1p at the time or something like that. Then I was a guest on a children's radio program called Youth Stimulus. And through a very strange turn of events, I ended up presenting the show. And from radio, television, magazine, newspapers, live interviews, all kinds of things. I'm here right now talking to you. Although I didn't consciously follow this career path, I'm thrilled to be here and excited for what lies ahead. I'm still on my journey. And if you feel like your dream destination has slipped through your fingers, always remember what Journey said in 1981. We are all on our own journeys. You may see your peers or, God forbid, your nemesis reach their destination before you. It's very easy to compare yourself to others and feel discouraged or inept, but you cannot compare yourself to another. Just focus on yourself and your journey. You will realize your potential and achieve great things in the end. What is our final destination? The most natural and certain part of life, of course, is death. It can seem scary, but it will happen to all of us. So don't live in fear of death. Live in the moment. Live as if each day was your last and live each day to the fullest. You never know when that day may come. And I always say that to my children. I could just walk outside now and get hit by a bus, unfortunately. So it's always important to try your best to leave things on a, a note that won't leave the other person having regrets. Because, of course, you may not be there. I say that because it's a fact of life. It's not because, of course, I don't want it to happen to me that way, but I've seen it all around me and I'm sure you have too. For anyone who believes in reincarnation or an afterlife, death is not the end, just a milestone on our journey throughout the universe. One of our previous guests, Buddhist Petsy Finden, told us, Buddhists are on a journey to become the best version of themselves in pursuit to reach Nirvana a wisdom we can all incorporate into our own lives to constantly improve our lives and the world around us. Unfortunately for some, life can feel too difficult and they need to reach the end before their time. 
Here is an endearingly honest talk at a family table about choosing to finish the journey early. Why did you want to kill yourself? No, don't answer the question, Frank. Richard. Don't answer it. Richard. He's not going to answer the question, Frank. I wanted Richard. to kill myself because I was He's very He's unhappy. He's a sick man. He's a sick in his head man. Richard. But I'm sorry. I don't think it's an appropriate conversation for a seven-year-old. Well, she's going to find out anyway. Oh, okay. Go on, Frank. Mainly, though, I fell in love with someone who didn't love me back. That was Steve Carell in Little Miss Sunshine, a film that focuses on a dysfunctional family's journey to reach a Little Miss beauty pageant. While their destination is their shared goal, it's the journey that provides the family opportunities to share and learn together, making them stronger and happier. I'd like to take a moment to say, if any of you are concerned about suicide or are just having a difficult time, the Samaritans are always happy to take your call and offer a helping hand. And no matter how difficult things get, we should try to face the challenges life presents and keep moving forward. You don't have to do it on your own. Talk to someone. Here are some words of inspiration from Oprah Winfrey. You are responsible for your life. And if you're sitting around waiting on somebody to save you, to fix you, to even help you, you are wasting your time because only you have the power to take responsibility to move your life forward. And the sooner you get that, the sooner your life gets into gear. This is what I know from doing 25 years and thousands and thousands of interviews on The Oprah Show. It does not matter where you come from. I have seen people come out of the desert, walk across the desert, being born in the most dire of circumstances. Doesn't matter what your mama did, whether she did or had a PhD or no D, what matters is now, this moment, and your willingness to see this moment for what it is, accept it, forgive the past, take responsibility, and move forward. Continuing to move forward is the only way we will reach our destination, but we have to work to get there. I've heard many times, without pain, there is no gain. No effort, no results, no cross, no crown. But from that discomfort comes growth, just like diamonds form under pressure. So keep going. It will be your time to shine soon. As time continues to tick away, our deadlines and important dates will arrive, regardless whether we take any steps or not. You might not find yourself where you want to end up, but don't worry, you'll be somewhere else later. Keeping track of your achievements in a diary or journal will inspire and motivate you to continue growing. And I'm sure you've heard that many times before, but it really does work. Even if you just sit down for two minutes and write a few lines, you will feel some form of relief and you'll find yourself going back to it and it will encourage and motivate you. You could try writing in a book or in your phone, your hopes and dreams and update it on a certain day, every week, every month, whichever one suits you. I do it and honestly, I used to feel so pressured about life and the things I needed to do. And I just wasn't planning. I was just taking what was coming towards me. And it wasn't always the right choice. I, I wasn't getting where I wanted to be because I was taking the things that were coming to me. 
Our destination constantly changes depending on the path we take, the choices we make and the places we visit. It's essential that we are flexible with our goals and adapt to new situations. This week's idiom has offered plenty of interpretations, but I feel the key point to take away from it is that we are all on our own journey and we need to appreciate where we are. No matter where you want to be, focus on the here and now and determine what you can do to make it the best place possible. I hope you enjoyed the journey behind this week's metaphor. I know that I learned snow clone is a variation of a term. So whether you know the metaphor, it's not the destination, it's the journey, or you know it as life's journey, not a destination, or even success is not a destination, it's a journey, that it leads you to the same road. Essentially, life is largely what you make it. Thank you, Sherry Ann Dixon, one of my first mentors, although before I interview, she didn't know this. And I thank you for listening. This episode was hosted by Delia Delore and had segments written by Sabina Laucopra Garcia and Sean McAladdin. Script supervisors on a web. Thanks for listening to Metaphorically Speaking, created by Dee Dee Delore Productions, with original distribution by Colourful Radio. This episode was hosted by Dee Dee Delore and had segments written by Sabina Laucopra Garcia and Sean McAladdin. Script supervisor is on a web. The show was produced by Sam Colwood, with production assistant from Ojua Akasveni. The program was edited by Reese Bridge Robinson and animation and promotional edited by Ernest Deneve.